0: Hi everyone, and thanks for listening to our very first podcast here at Sourcing Solve. My name's Ian, and I'll be your host, and together we'll be exploring the ongoing issues that we face in hiring talent and procurement, and how can we really go about solving these issues. Now today, we'll be discussing why is there a talent shortage in procurement, and is it all due to external market conditions, or Is it really self-inflicted in terms of the lack of internal training and development programs? Or is it really down to the traditional views of procurement and the role within an organization which is really about getting the lowest price? I am delighted to be joined by Stephen Day. Uh, Stephen Day used to work for Pearsons and he was their Chief Supply Chain Officer. Stephen, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Tell us more about your journey in procurement and supply chain.
1: Yeah, thanks Ian, and thanks for inviting me to participate. I started my career uh, in a very traditional way, I think, um, with Rolls-Royce Aerospace and moved through, as you do in the early stages of your career, through a number of assignments, um, landing up at Vodafone um, in 2006. And the reason why I've leapt forward to that, because that was a real transformative opportunity in my career because not only did I land at Vodafone, but I also ended up working abroad in Romania. So I had the dual challenges of learning a new business and learning to work within a very different culture than the one that I'd uh, grown up in. I spent three years in, in Romania for Vodafone and then moved back to the UK for three years and then spent my last term in uh, the Vodafone procurement company in Luxembourg. And and shortly after that, I left to join a private equity business that was transforming a German telecoms business, which we did very successfully. And thereafter, i latterly completed three years at Pearson, which is a traditional publishing company. Um, and they really wanted to move from an analogue to digital supply chain. Um, and they wanted somebody f- with a very different perspective to help them do that.
0: We've done an article together really about the the growing sort of talent shortage in procurement. To what degree do you think the shortage is linked to the view by executives that procurement is still seen as a back office function?
1: Well, I think the, 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 the thing is that because that view does exist amongst some people today, it obviously has an effect in terms of where graduates think that they want to invest their... Early part of their career in terms of learning the business. And um, I think it's true to say that even today, if you were to ask a graduate, a newly minted graduate, where they envisage they would want to go into, you know, it's normally sales, marketing, or finance. Rarely do you have people talk about supply chain or procurement, which I think is a great shame because at the end of the day, I always remind people that I think sitting in a procurement supply chain function, you learn so much more about the business rather than just um, those particular functions. Procurement, to some degree, suffers from its own success. And what I mean by that is it is one of those functions where you can very, very easily measure the bottom line impact through cost savings. But I think, in truth, that story of cost savings is coming to an end very, very quickly because what we now face these days is issues around supply chain security, issues around environment and, you know, how companies can tap into other sources of innovation. So I think, you know, when you think about talent shortages, what's really happening is I think organizations are needing to rapidly orientate around new and emerging themes. And in some cases you've still got a profession that is very hard hardwired around a very formulaic measure of success. And I think that's where we're really seeing the the collision happen and why there does seem to be a shortage of talent out there. If you think
0: that procurement works one way and demonstrated by the results of the Deloitte survey, the new requirements that need to really be addressed, the growing gap for those people need to be more strategic. So do you think that companies are really hiring the right people in the first place?
1: I think we can all agree that the profession of procurement has increased immeasurably over the past 20 years. So the real quality of what procurement people do has really moved on a pace. I think the next evolution of the skill sets that we're really going to need to be successful in the future is going to be about bringing things like innovation, things like environmental challenges, things about supply chain security and IPR protection. I think they are natural bedfellows for a procurement function. But procurement is going to need to step up to the plate and be able to begin to start articulating the business benefits of that in a way that resonates and engages with the senior leadership in the business. Do you think
0: that the organisations then are creating the gap because they don't have the right
1: people for it? They really need... Well, I I think there's definitely some of that. I mean, if you speak to most procurement people, even within my career, you can break it down into a number of things. One is kind of supply negotiation, one is contract management. But in truth, you know, a large chunk of your effort goes into engagement and stakeholder management. And I think a lot of people outside the procurement function don't necessarily understand the amount of investment that most procurement people make in that particular activity. And as a consequence of that, I think sometimes procurement doesn't get necessarily the plaudits that it should get for how successful it is in terms of influencing at the top table. And that's certainly one of the really major skills that I think beyond just the challenge shortage for those people that want to move from being a professional into a procurement leadership position i think those kind of influencing skills and engagement skills really become so important no i
0: couldn't agree more i, I think as technology is starting to really take away the, the automated tasks that that procurement people have to do on a day-to-day basis i think that the ability to influence and the social skills are becoming more and more important and we're moving away from this traditional view on procurement, which was very much a a direct link to finance. But I know a lot of organisations, even though they've got a really good grasp on procurement and what they can achieve and deliver, there's a a real decline in investment and training. Do you think that also contributes to the growing gap? and attracting good talent.
1: I mean, training has changed a lot over the course of the past several years. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that you might join a company and they may have a kind of very uniform set of trainings that they would want to take you through. I think the onus now increasingly is on the candidate or the employee to begin to start thinking out what they want from a skill sets and capability development i think that does cause a problem because what what an employee feels they need in terms of capability and skill development isn't necessarily linked to where the organization's capability plan thinks it needs to be and i what i've seen over recent times i think the biggest gap is frankly corporations do not do a very good job of projecting forward what they think their business is going to look like in the next several years and then rolling back from the workforce that they have today. So do you think a lot of
0: companies panic by rather than if they actually sat down and and looked at put together a proper strategy and where are we now where do we need to be in six months time or a year's time i think there is some of that
1: that panic buying i mean in truth we live in very disrupted times you think about how long it is taking people to adopt new products and services someone told me that it took 50 years before the motor car became a mass consumer product and then you had video recorders that took 20 years and then you had C B C cds that was 10 years and now latterly you've got web apps and things like that you know It was Facebook that took 10 years then to get to a level of two billion customers and now you've got WhatsApp that's taken five years etc etc so i think the challenge for a lot of corporations is the disrupted times that they live in sometimes means that the tools and techniques that we're talking about in terms of roll forward and roll back can get disrupted by the pace at which technology is changing
0: i've been doing this for over 15 years the only change i've really seen in hiring new procurement people into organizations is the reliance on automation but I do feel that it's very much used as a
1: plaster. This is a really challenging topic, I think, at the moment, because, of course, we're all benefiting as consumers and as employees in terms of the advances that have had in technology over the course of the past several years. However, I think the way that talent is being treated at the moment through the lens of automation is, in fact, the wrong direction that we should be going. It just feels as if, we are dehumanizing probably one of the most intimate parts of any kind of business relationship. And that is the the sourcing and development of talent and capability. I think it was Jack Welsh that once said, technical skills can be taught, mindset cannot be. And I I fundamentally believe that in a world where we need to be thinking about mindset and the way people think about things is something that cannot be automated in a job search. And I think it reinforces the roles of companies like yours, Ian, that really have an incredibly valuable role to play in acting on behalf of firms that are trying to get really good talent, but with the right mindset. Reasons why people join businesses or decide to move from the company they're working for normally doesn't come down to salary dissatisfaction. It normally comes down to the fact that they don't think they're learning. They don't think they're growing. They don't think they've got opportunities and things like that. So therefore, if you are now trying to bring talent into a business, Firstly, responding to the fact that you have a category gap, shall we say. I think that's that's easy to define. I think the harder thing that a lot of people don't work on, even beyond the fact that someone might want to join because the salary looks good, what's the thing that's going to keep them engaged and invested in that business for three or four or five years? That's the thing that I see a lot of companies just don't work hard enough defining or articulating.
0: But don't you think that's not... That's not necessarily the organisation itself. It's more about the leadership because I'm very much around, look, it's not, you know, innovation is very much driven by people. And if you have a great leader who's running procurement, who's inspirational, who's empathetic, who can self-regulate, who has the social skills and that emotional intelligence to not only inspire the team, but to really build long and lasting relationships with stakeholders. In my opinion, that's what really counts. And for them to, you know, when anyone comes along for like a procurement director who's interviewing with a CPO, if they're inspirational and really show the value that procurement can bring to the table, in my opinion, that's why people would join an organization But I don't think that senior management really truly get involved in sort of mid-management hiring. And even the CPO will pass over that responsibility to HR internal recruitment. And that person might not last for a long period of time. And the reason being, they should be getting involved in that process. And unfortunately, that happens on many occasions that... It's farmed out to someone else. But when it doesn't work out, they ask the question, why?
1: You know, at the end of the day, if you're a senior leader in a business, you're not going to be over all of the recruitment decisions that people make. I mean, um, and I think you do need to moderate The degree to which you get involved in some of the recruitment activities, because let's face it, you have to delegate and you have to trust the people that are working for you to make decisions that they think are in the best interests of the company. So like anything, you know, you've got to look at it from different points of view and also just think about what fits best for the organisation that you work in. In organizations, you basically have two types of technology. Um, Technology, one is the one that you use to run the business. That's called enterprise technology. And then the second thing you have is product technology, which normally sits with the the, the marketing and the product organization. What's happening is that enterprise technology and product technology is combining so that you basically have one technology solution that runs your business but also provides the service to the customer think of the online businesses think of amazon you know their technology they run to use their business is also the very technology that delivers the product or the service to the to the customer so i think a lot of businesses are really struggling to grasp this concept at the moment because if you think about it, it fundamentally changes the way an organization is wired because it really means that your purchasing and um, supply chain organization become part of the product proposition. And look, that's a terrifying thought for a lot of people because suddenly you've been in the back, you've been doing things from a procurement perspective, but you never got near to the customer. All of a sudden you're intimately involved in the whole customer value proposition. And I think that's why when you, when there are surveys out there that says, you know, CEOs or leaders don't necessarily understand the role of procurement or supply chain in the role of technology. And then you have got, I think there is a lot of conflicting evidence out there. And I think it speaks to a lot of disruption that's going in within businesses, which I've heard people talk about kind of the fourth wave of the internet, that the first wave was, how the hell do we go online? Secondly, wave two was, well, how the hell do we put together products and services that meet the demands of the online channel we're now trying to serve and then more latterly three and four is my god we've done one and two okay how the hell do we organize the business internally to be digitally lean and digitally savvy and i think that's fundamentally the challenge today that a lot of businesses are facing what do you think procurement could do to make the
0: function become more attractive to the procurement people of the future. How do you think we can make it more attractive as a function? And I guess you could say more sexy,
1: you know, cooler. Some of that is already happening. So I think there is a real thirst on the part of many procurement people to get involved in um, supply chain risk and, and supply chain risk mitigation strategies. And again, you know, look at the trade wars that are going on at the moment between Europe, North America and China. That is a very immediate issue of supply chain vulnerability. And if you look at some of the recent articles about, you know, Trump declaring that they wouldn't use Chinese components but then they found out that the very Chinese components they couldn't use also had technology and software that was sourced from North America so that's a really interesting topic to get into which is you know where are your vulnerabilities and do you really understand your supply chain so that's one topic the other topic that I think that procurement's got an amazing role to play in the future is is just this whole issue about the environment you know I think in truth we as a procurement function do not financially appraise the cost of our sourcing decisions in terms of the environmental damage it will cause. So we've all been very happy over the course of the past 20 years sourcing things from China, What we've never done is factor in what's the emissions and the carbon-related costs of shipping it from China into Europe. And I do think, again, that's a terrific opportunity for really motivated procurement people to get into and begin to start thinking about that total cost of ownership. And then the third thing, I think, is talk about diversity. And, you know, it started off as gender, then started off as um, sexual orientation. And I think now people are going to be understand it now is moving on to also include things like diversity of thought and opinion and i think that if procurement can master the ability to really bring in people of different persuasions different faiths all those kind of things into a real melting point that allows real diversity and that very diversity is resonating with the type of customers that you serve i think that's
0: a really good point and i do think that as a function, we we need to bridge that gap. So thank you very much, Stephen. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I hope at some point in time we can uh, have another good proper chat. Tune in to our next podcast. We're going to be really talking about automation and really drilling down because hopefully we'll have our new survey completed. Uh, we're going to go out to the market and try and understand from both sides of the fence how successful automation is in addressing the talent gap and how it successfully puts uh, great leaders into organisations and looking at the positives and the negatives for businesses so we have a, a greater visibility in, in what we can do to address the talent gap in procurement. But thank you very much for your time. Have a great day. And uh, thank you very much for uh, joining the first podcast. Thank you. Cheers. You take care. All the best. To those of you who have just tuned in in today's segment, I'd like to thank you very much for joining us. And I'd like to encourage you to not only share the on-demand link to this segment, but to the entire four part Bridging the Gap series and how to really help you find your next great CPO and procurement director. The link is available through the website of Sourcing Solved and I've also enclosed the URL and the link below. Once again, my name is Ian Campbell McKenna and I'd like to wish you a great and a productive day